The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 13th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. We have two things of news. We have Adrian Morejon, who has discomfort in his arm. It's unfortunate. I was really hoping he could find a way to be the SP6 soon. It likely means I will see him later in the season. If we're lucky, hopefully he's not hurt for a longer period of time. It's also Ricky Tedeman, who's dealing with left shoulder soreness and was shut down for a few days. We hope that that's just, you know, your normal... Inflammation that we saw from like Zach Gallen and Zach Wheeler last year around this time. The Jays have been very, very cautious with Ricky uh, over the years. So it's not really much of a surprise that uh, we weren't going to see him um, early in the season. But we really do have him take as like, hey, when he does arrive in the second half of this year, we really want Ricky Tiedemann on our teams. But looking at yesterday's games, we have a ton. WBC is adding more arms to the mix. So we have Cutter Crawford, who might have an early rotation spot. He wasn't great. 3.2 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, and 4 Ks. I would not be pursuing that one. I think he'll get ousted pretty shortly once Bayo and Whitlock are back in the rotation. Grayson Rodriguez won 3 innings, 4 and runs, 4 hits, 2 walks, 6 Ks. You might be terrified, but he had those 6 Ks in the first 3 innings. Came out for the 4th and he allowed 3 singles and 2 walks. Wasn't really finding his command of that inning, and that was it. Don't worry about it. He feels really good. I'm very, very much in on Grayson Rodriguez. Hunter Brown won three innings, zero in runs, zero hits, zero walks, three Ks. He touched 96. He's more around like 94 My is my understanding, 94, 95. He threw 15 more pitches after in a bullpen, tons of strikes. It sounds good to me. I, I don't feel as if drafting Hunter Brown is going to be detrimental to your teams. And it might mean that I should be increasing uh, my Hunter Brown uh, focus for drafts because I have him currently in a spot where I'm like, eh, do I really need this guy or not? I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have Hunter Brown than a Toby. So why not? Uh, I think that's kind of where my mind should be as Hunter Brown is the SP5 when Lance McCullough is on the shelf. Tanner Houck went 3.1 innings, 200 runs, 4 hits, 2 walks, 4 Ks. As I talked about with Cutter Crawford, Houck could have a rotation spot. There's also Winkowski, but haven't really seen him. So Houck has it. Remember, there's a lot of hype last year, but that's six base runners in 3.1 innings. I think that will continue to be a problem for him despite having a really good slider. I think Tanner Houck, Houck is too much of a cherry bomb. Much, much rather have Hunter Brown. Daniel Lynch, 3 innings, 100 run, 4 hits, 2 walks, and 1 
strikeout. Yeah, we're not seeing anything extra from Daniel Lynch, unfortunately, and that is going to be the case for a long, long time, I think, until he's outside of Kansas City. I have no interest in Daniel Lynch. Graham Ashcraft, 2.1 inning, six strikeouts, one run, four hits, zero walks. He left with a cramp, but he did hit 100 miles per hour. Apparently, he has an improved slider. Oh, am I back in on Graham Ashcraft? I remember seeing him last year and going, wait, who is this? And being very encouraged by it and then how he performed the rest of the year. Low strikeout rates and really have that ability to get whiffs. But kind of looks like he has it a little. I mean, the, the lineup was terrible. And this is what happens with it WBC too. You take away a lot of good players. Especially which is already a thing in spring training. So, uh, I'm at that point where with Graham Ashcraft where it's... If I roster him out of my draft, it's I'm ready to get rid of it quickly. Like, so, so quickly. But maybe there's something there. I don't necessarily want to trust it out of the gate. It's very, uh It's like a deeper lottery ticket that I don't really believe too much in. But maybe I'm just like, yeah, he throws really hard. And theoretically, his cutter should do really well. And so would his slider. But I don't trust his command at all. It's, it's weird. Dustin May. Fast and I differed on our editions of the list. He has him in the mid-30s. I had him in the 50s. I'm probably going to put Dustin May to the 40s as I do my edition of the top 100 today. I'm going to update it. Check it out. If you're listening to this around 1 o'clock or so, go to twitch.tv slash pitcherlist. I'll be live around 2 o'clock for about an hour or two doing the latest edition of the list, including the notes. Think of the stuff in season. I remember, I mean, it took longer, I think, in season. Those would take like three, four hours. This should be a simpler one. But definitely uh, tune in for that live stream. Ask all the questions that you have. Dustin May should be going up. He said he felt like his pre-Tommy John self closer than he ever has since the surgery in this one. But a weak lineup. And I have seen Dustin May have these starts and then not have it in the next time. Not to mention, I don't know how to feel about the Dodgers right now. So, uh, I, I think I'm in. Um, he had more whiffs than usual. He still throws hard. Uh, I want him to lean more in the four-seamer. We'll see. Seth Lugo, four innings pitch, zero and runs, one hit, two walks, two Ks. I think he's kind of a sleeper where he's pitching for a winning ball club and going to be the clear SP5 out of the gate with Musgrove uh, nursing his broken toe. It's between him and Nick Martinez for that SP5 spot after. The Padres could also go to a six-man rotation. We'll see how that plays out, but Seth Lugo, I think, is kind of good. You know, he's he's maybe a Toby for a winning ball club, and those are fun to have at the cost of free. I don't want to go and target them necessarily as I don't draft Tobys, but especially for 15-teamers and, and only, Seth Lugo's kind of a sleeper. James Caprillion, 1.2 innings, one hit, zero earned runs, three walks, but five strikeouts. He has a spot for the athletics. And I've said it before, Caprillion has good velocity. He could get a 24% strikeout rate. Just wait a second. You look back and you go, what? JK had that? And yeah, that might stick around. The biggest question though is his command. He's a slinger and he's not very precise. And what do you know? Three walks in that time. So not necessarily something I want to really trust for the sake of cherry bomb nature. But uh, deeper leagues, like you can find some strikeouts with Caprillion this year. J.P. Sears, five innings pitched, two earned runs, three hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. 
The uh, the slider was a little bit better to lefties, which is nice to see from J.P. Sears. He has the number five spot. It's not going to be Mueller. It's not going to be Waldachuk. I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if he's not in the rotation at this point. That's kind of interesting. Um, I've been not so high on J.P. Sears. I haven't really seen a 20% plus strikeout rate from J.P. Sears. But maybe I've just been undervaluing uh, his... Uh, his fastball a little bit. Maybe the improved breaking ball is there. Uh, he's one of those that I'm aware of, and I could be moving up my ranks as the season goes on that I've just been like not too excited about because it's not electric stuff. But those, these are the kind of guys that can just kind of appear out of nowhere and be like, yeah, he's has a 3-4 ERA, Nick, and maybe it's a 121 whip, but it's fine and it works, especially in those deeper leagues. Ross dribbling, 3.1 innings, 200 runs, 5 hits, 0 walks, and 6 Ks. We're not giving him enough love because it's a really good changeup, and it clearly is still there. Clearly still there. Um, Yeah, he's going to be on that sleeper list. I, I think I'm going to put out another article this week that is another batch of sleepers. It might be 6, it might be 10. Because I'm finding all of these pitchers that just like, guys, we aren't giving them the respect they deserve. You know, at some point, guys need to be like SP90. But if there are 40 guys that could all be SP50, then the one that is 90 is the sleeper, right? So expect that article later this week before I do my um, Ultimate Draft Guy, which comes out on Friday. I'm really looking forward to getting that one out this year. It's going to be even more draft and ultimate than ever. <laughs> uh, but we have, a lot of, we have a lot more pitchers to talk about in this episode. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. Michael Kopech won three innings, zero runs, zero hits, zero walks, one K. I didn't find much on this one. Uh, he feels good, apparently. I mean, what else is he going to say? So, so far, so good. He's not walking, guys. One K is a little disappointing. Um, I want to see more from the breakers to be able to do that, but I'll take it. Griffin Canning, I don't know what the Angels are going to do if he could be an SB6. Three innings, one and run, two hits, and one walk, three Ks. Very encouraging, though. He could be an A-only sleeper there. Adrian Sampson, four innings, 300 runs, six at zero walks, and three Ks. Yeah, it's Hayden Westnuski, guys. He is a guy to target. Um, he's the SP5 of the Cubs. It's not a fun first start. I think he gets the Phillies or something like that. But uh, still, that's uh, that's the guy you want to target in your 12-teamers. Um, Westnuski at the end of your drafts. Andrew Heaney, 2.2 innings, 200 runs, four hits, one walk, and five Ks. My understanding, yep, that's it's Andrew Heaney. Um, he's going to be more volatile than we want him to be. I just want to let you guys know that. Luis Castillo, 3.1 innings, 300 runs, 2 hits, 1 walk, 4 Ks. You know, Luis Castillo hasn't had that game of just like, oh yeah, I'm dope and I feel dope yet. He generally is a slow starter for what it is worth. So I'm not really going to read into I'm sure his ERA is like 6 or something or 5 in the spring training. I don't know. I'm sure it's not like glistening. Don't worry about it. 4 to 1 K per walk. It's all good. Um, Cal Quantrill got rocked in the WBC. He couldn't find the play at four walks in .2 innings pitched. Uh, we're not going to read into it. Cal Quantrill is still a mystery to me. All of that stuff. Pablo Lopez was so good. In the WBC, he was 4.2 innings, one earned run, two hits, zero walks, six Ks, 95.6. Last year, he sat like 93.5. It was two ticks higher. Across 58 pitches. It wasn't just airing it out. Now, I understand the adrenaline of pitching for your country in the WBC is a big deal. It really is. But 95-96 for Pablo Lopez, oh boy. 
Oh, boy. Uh, Jose Barrios only lasted one inning. Five earned runs, five hits, two walks, and one K. He is the great undulator. It, it, it's Jose Barrios. Honestly, I didn't really think he pitched too many in the middle of the plate. Like, this is just Jose Barrios. I have no interest. Patrick Sandoval, three innings, one earned run, two hits, two walks, and two strikeouts. He was Patrick Sandoval, the Irish Panada. Yep, that's a... I, I I feel like he's too much of a cherry bomb for me. I mean, even you say this like, oh, he did well. It's a one three three whip, right? I have that correct. Four over three, four base runners and in three innings. Like that, the whip is still going to be a problem, I think, for Patrick Sandoval. So you don't want any. I don't want to get guys who are going to pull me down in one category, like with confidence. Like he's not going to have a one fifteen whip this year. Uh, Nick Martinez, 2.2 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 2 Ks. He had worse command in this one, a lot in the middle of the plate. He still went 10 for 57 whiffs. So, like, this stuff actually, I think, is good. Um, And if this is one of those games where he was amped up a little too much because it's the U.S., that could be it. Um, I'm still having my eye on Nick Martinez here. Brady Singer, 2 innings, 400 runs, 4 hits, 1 walk, 2 Ks. Honestly, this is him. 30% CSW. Four whiffs on the slider, zero on the sinker. This is kind of Brady Singer. He's going to have this, and then he's going to have like four innings and one and run or something. You know, that that's nothing has changed for me in the last two years on Brady Singer. 2021, 2022, 2023, it's Brady Singer. Apparently, he's getting more movement on the sinker. That's what Fast was talking about. I still, I just feel like it's the same guy. Mackenzie Gore is 94 on his fastball. It's not great. We want it to be more like 95. Locations weren't the best on it. There's still more to work on. His secondaries aren't pristine. His his four-seamer isn't just overwhelming. And with the Nationals, I'm not really buying into their development to push him into another gear. So I'm, I'm out on Mackenzie Gore. Steven Matt's another sleeper here. 3.1 in, 3.2 innings. One earned run, three hits, three walks, five Ks. Nick, they can't all be sleepers! But, like, he's a sleeper. <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of crazy. It's like, I feel like I should do these best ball leagues and just only do the ones that I think are just very undervalued. Steven Matz, well, the thing is, you don't know how many innings he's going to get because he only had like 48 last year. He has a history of bad health. But, I mean, the guy is going to be productive, I think, for you, especially in your, like your NL-only leagues. $1 Steven Matz, oh boy. He had 11 whiffs in about 69 pitches, so pretty good. Speaking of sleepers, Matthew Boyd, Boyd Boys Unite, 12 whiffs on 53 pitches, 6 strikeouts in 4 innings, 0 runs, 1 hit, 1 walk, his slider's looking good, he apparently has an improved changeup, 92.5 on the heater, which is exactly where we want him to be, now that he's post Tommy John, I mean, this is good, this is good. I understand that the uh, it's interesting. We were really hyped on Matthew Boyd entering 2020 after a 2019 season where he was so good in the first half and then bad in the second half. Too many home runs, bouncy ball. We were hyped for him for 2020. And, you know, Tommy John, he wasn't as good and all that kind of stuff, right? So now you think about entering 2020 with a Matthew Boyd and... We were saying, what, like 45th starter, 50th starter, and now he's all the way at like 90th starter, 100th starter? It's like, what do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? Go chase Matthew Boyd. Just see what happens. 
Yusei Kikuchi, 2.2 innings, 0 runs, 4 hits, 3 walks, 4 Ks, 14 whiffs still. And he's a bit all over the place. He's still missing lots of bats on that four-seamer. 14 whiffs and 61 pitches. <laughs> Look, he's getting all the whiffs in spring training. It's kind of wild. And yeah, he is wild in his stuff, but it really is remarkable. I'm not going to overlook it. Now, I don't have so much confidence for in-season because Kikuchi's naturally been all over the place. You know, the undulates and his cherry bomb, all that kind of stuff. He's volatile. But 14, I mean, I feel like there's something going on. This is consistent. Every start, I haven't seen like a five-whiff start. I've seen, like, I think only double-digit starts. Double-digit whiffs in all of his starts. That's kind of cool. Bailey Falter, 2.2 innings, 200 runs, 7 hits, 1 walk, 3 Ks. He has a number 5 spots for the Phillies. We don't really care. Velocity's the same. 10% swing strike rate overall. No, nothing there. Mitch Keller, 4 innings, 200 runs, 3 hits, 1 walk, 4 Ks, 9 whiffs total, only 2 on breaking balls. I feel like we're just going to be like, yeah, we hope Mitch Keller works out, and he will for some days, but any sort of real, no, this is the breakout. I don't, I don't believe that. Um, Luis Patino had 42 pitches, which is good, but I feel like this is the Rays are going to, you know, give him like three, four innings as a follower. So maybe he can get wins. His sliders were good. He had a good amount of whiffs on that. Three Ks, one walk, one hit, and zero earned runs and 2.2 innings for Patino. I'm not really going after this one. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, he's still down 1.5 ticks at 92. He should be at like 93, 94, but maybe he adds that extra tick and change uh, moving forward. Four innings, 200 runs, four hits, zero walks, and four Ks. If Carrasco is getting closer to 93 by the end, then great. He gets the Marlins first. And you want that. You want Carrasco against the Marlins. That should be a good start. It's not as much of a lock as I want it to be. He might be a streamer, honestly. Well, Carrasco has enough name value. Probably not. And the last one we're going to talk about today is Dre Jameson. Why? Because he went three innings, five earned runs, seven hits, one walk, and four Ks. And this one was interesting. I didn't know what the box score was, right? Here I am on Savant being like, okay, let's see what the pitches did and where he located everything. And then we try and get our understanding. And we try and say, cool, based on this stuff, how good is our analysis to see what the bottom line was, right? And what I saw from Dre Jameson was that he was thrown harder. He sat 98 on his four-seamer. Sinker was still the predominant one, but still he threw, uh, he threw 12 of them. And he touched 100 on it. However, there were 10 swings on four-seamers and just one of them returned a whiff. And I think that is important for you to understand. That just because you throw hard does not mean you all of a sudden get whiffs in a dominant four-seamer, right? It does, it's not your ticket to success. You need to actually locate with it. You need to have good movement on it, right? You need to have a good profile on it. Dre Jameson, I don't think does. 5 out of 13 slider whiffs is good, but I think this is why he still struggled and allowed 7 hits in 3 innings. So Dre Jameson has the number 5 spot for the Diamondbacks. I don't really want to chase it that much. I mean, I'll be I'll be following it, of course, in season, but Dre Jameson is not a target for me this year. Alright, that is going to do it for this edition of the Plus Pitch Podcast. Thank you all so much for giving us a rating and review on iTunes. It goes a long way for us. You can do it on the Plus Pitch Podcast, or you can do it on the Pitchless Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Wherever you listen to this show, uh, please consider giving us a rating or review. And check out PL Pro. If you haven't done it yet, 
You get projections for the year. You get a fantastic live draft assistant tool. I do all of my fantasy drafts with this tool. It is so simple and easy, and it keeps tabs on everything we have. ATC projections built in and our PLV-powered projections on top of it. You should be using them. It's fantastic. You also get our Discord. You also get the auction draft calculator. You also get in-season weekly fantasy and daily fantasy projections. And if you want to play some DFS stuff, you get FanDuel and DraftKings as well. It's the best way to stay on top of everything. So go to pitchwells.com slash premium. Check out Peel Pro today. Join our Discord, all that fun stuff. But all right, that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.